Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and joined by the uh, curator of the Thimble Museum, Brent. <laughs> and a, uh, a man who always wears a ski mask to the bank, because it's his face. Ski. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I was so happy with myself with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, today we're going to be going over uh, Season 6, Episode 13, The Bloom is Off the Rose. Mm-hmm. Ski will be doing our recap today, um, and we'll be, of course, doing our MVPs and rating out of 8 slices of cheesecake as we work towards the best episode ever. So this is, uh, with this being episode 13, this will be the halfway point of our, I guess it'd be our third to last season since we're doing the uh, Golden Palace. Mm-hmm. Although I will say each week that I prepare for these episodes, mm-hmm. I am more regretting that you agreed to do that season. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be fine. I've, I've been thinking like, oh, maybe we could just do like four episodes per episode <laughs> when we get to Golden Palace. But nah, we'll keep it, we'll keep it the same when we get to that point. Um... I did have one quick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to not give him his due. I'm, exactly. sh- I'm sure. He's too. Oh, is he in there? Yeah, also, yeah. I, I don't really know anything about Golden Palace. I don't know if I've ever watched it. I it's certainly have not watched every episode. Um, so be new to all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So that's something to look forward to. <clears throat> well, I, I did want to mention one uh, interaction that we had. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer had sent us in a message saying. It's always nice to start off a Monday by lamenting over which golden you'd get rid of. <laughs> that was funny. And I said, you know, after six and a half seasons, we'll take whatever content we can get. We'll spend every Monday lamenting the fact that we no longer have cocoa. <laughs> That's true. Um, oh, and I did think this was funny, too. Um, I don't think that I mentioned this uh, this one on a prior episode. I think this was mentioned. This was another uh, Jennifer one. Um another Jennifer interaction, but I think that it happened. Hopefully I didn't mention this on a prior episode because it's been a little bit, but she said the, uh, the F you for not laughing ski had me in tears. Uh, <laughs> my MVP for this episode is definitely Alan. <laughs> the, you guys didn't even know we do that. Did you? And I just said that you totally deserved it. I don't know if you remember the contents, but I think I had made a joke at Brent's expense. Okay. Ski did not give it any props yeah. at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was irritated by that. And, and I just said that you had made so many jokes at the expense of Ski and his daughter, mm-hmm. and that Ski should have given that joke the respect it was due. Yeah. So. I want to know who the we is in the sentence about giving us the Who's part of Jennifer's voting committee? I, I mean, I, I would have got her own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so. Uh, I would listen to every episode, but it'd definitely be odd. Or it's just rating us. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how many microphones do you give Brent this week? <laughs> wouldn't you? Wouldn't you listen to a podcast about yourself? Oh, no. God, no. I'm not one with you on it, but you wouldn't listen to somebody critiquing you? No, no. Oh, is that why you always get a meets expectations on your performance reviews? <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> You've been quite well, quitting ever since you started working. <laughs> day one is the high point. Every day after that, right. just I mean, a fraction less effort. I've been quiet quitting since season one, episode 20. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I will tell you, I mean, we'll get to this next week. But I... I, I when we get to, my, to the next episode, I recap, which will be next week's episode. Um, I did feel a little guilty about my the effort I put in for the additional content. We'll say, <laughs> but we'll get to that. So that's a little teaser for next week. Next week for a lackluster. Oh, I think the episode will be fine, but. You know, like normally, like you do a little bit of extra on your like episodes. Your puddle jump or your yeah, Ski doesn't tend to do extra things, but he has a very thorough recap. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's another uh, thing that we got. Now, mm-hmm. this person may never hear this uh-huh. because she said she was on episode four. Her spirit will be crushed. Well, oh yeah, definitely. Stuff. If she sticks with us all the way till then, I'll be I'll be quite shocked. She's but still in the, the dark days, <laughs> right? Um, because we got a bell curve of quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, the middle ones are the best. And just exactly. Been trailing off here. Exactly. Got the we're on the, the uh, down swoop here. But um, this person's name on Twitter is, I don't know if it's LZ or IZ, okay. um, but uh, she said that she just found us guys and uh, started listening the other day, only up to episode four. This was six days ago, so maybe she's at episode 10 by now. Yeah. Um, so 
And she says, but I got to say, uh, so far, just loving Ski's rundowns. Wish I could hear the rest of those more detailed notes. <laughs> Goodness. So I said, uh, I replied to that, that as the episodes go by, Brent and I become better wingmen, but Ski's recaps never get less detailed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I forgot. Speaking of that. extra content, though, I do have another uh, Once Upon a Time in St. Olaf. Oh, very nice. So yeah, I'll, I'll be looking forward to hearing that. I hope it says. Uh, <laughs> Joyous as your last one. <laughs> I felt I almost wished I had one of you guys read that one because you would have been able to read it straight like through, and then like it would reveal itself. Other than my just like complete laughter over everything, which I think very much killed the surprise ending. I mean, I think that let me put it this way. I don't think anybody listening to that story would be like, oh, that was a fine story. I wish it wasn't ruined by Ski's laughter. I think anyone li- listening enjoyed it more by the way you told it, um, with barely being able to breathe as you were trying to hold yourself together. Um, so speaking of the Twitters, um, are you going to pay the $8 to make us a verified account? <laughs> Fuck no, I can definitely say that. Um, it, it is my goal to pay... As little as possible from here until the end of this year. <laughs> the one thing I don't know about... Based upon my bonus checks, I'd say mission accomplished. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, because we pay like... A, well, we... I pay an annual fee to uh, Podbean to, to host the thing. How much does that set you back? I don't want to know. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, like 140 bucks. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, wow. And, I did not uh, expect that, actually. Yeah. yeah, and so my thought, the thing I wonder about is I'm willing to continue to do it until we're done, which should be, theoretically, next year would be the last time I'd pay it. Yeah. Because um, I think it's around February, whenever we started mm-hmm. doing it. And I think we'll be wrapped up before February of 24. Gotcha. Um, but anyways, I don't know if when I stop paying if all of our shit will just be lost to the ages. <laughs> or if it will still be hosted somewhere. I don't know how that works. I've, yeah. I've tried to look into it, but I haven't found a direct answer. So you guys should be listening now. <laughs> because when this series is completely over, you may have trouble finding it. Uh-huh. You'll have to email us directly for the files. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you an email with a suspicious download. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. It'll just be one of those... Like uh, files has got like X R R R five three two one zero. Right. No names. Like here's a file that's crashed three different laptops of Alan's. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, I was like, yeah, I feel like once we're done with the show, I think I'm ready to hang up my podcasting uh, headphones or whatnot. I think that you know I will be satisfied with yeah. my podcasting career, if you will. Yeah. But I was like, I feel though like I would definitely still want to come up with some sort of a regular activity for us to do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the preparation for and the editing after, neither of those are mm-hmm. particularly fun. But yeah. but I always enjoy hanging out with you guys. Definitely. Like, this is definitely the best part, actually recording it. Mm-hmm. But I thought, well, maybe if we did another podcast, we would just record our other random interactions and put that <laughs> out. Of, you know, hanging with the fellas. <laughs> <laughs> and just be us at a bowling alley or whatever it ends up being. Trivia night. Um, exactly. <laughs> it would get the same number of listeners as what we currently have, I'm sure. <laughs> the same number of satisfied listeners. <laughs> but anyways. Uh, They're here for the content. Yeah. It's, it's just us here in your flooded basement. Yeah. <laughs> Calling it wet spot check-in. Yeah. <laughs> That's also, never mind. I was going to make a Blanche joke. Ah. <laughs> All right, Ski, are you ready to kick it off with this episode? You guys are ready. Yeah, go for it. All right. uh, Season 6, episode 13. uh, Again, it's called The Bloom is Off the Rose. You guys know if that's a play on words, like a a title of something? I can look it up. I think it's just a play on her name. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that term before, though, like as far as... You know, I think it kind of means that... Uh, Wilting themselves? Or? Yeah, basically, like, oh, we're seeing the ugly side of this. Like, gotcha. like we're past the honeymoon, so to speak. makes sense, because yeah. she talks about being less exciting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll get mm-hmm. into that later. Uh, the original air date was January 5th, 1991. I do not know what uh, movies or albums were popular at the time. Probably most of the same ones Brent mentioned last <laughs> week. Probably identical, <laughs> almost. Uh, written by Philip Jason Lasker. Not Seymour Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Matthew Diamond. Is this the first one for Philip? 
I don't feel like I've heard that name before. Philip Jason Lasker? I didn't look. Maybe. Okay. Well, Brent usually knows these things and rubs them in our faces. God. But I guess it's only if he does the recap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's on the onus of a recap for to do the deep dive. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. If I happen to know something off the top of my head, I'll interject it. But. Okay. Maybe we can look it up later. Nah, that's fine. No. If someone is curious, <laughs> they can look it up the same as we could. Exactly. They got access to the same yeah, Google media. It's Jason with a Y. J-A-Y. Oh, well, I have a special Google. It's J A Y S O N. So oh, it's okay. like son of son of J. Oh, okay. Jason. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we open the kitchen. Sophia's getting a drink of juice before uh, she calls into a radio station advice show. Uh, the, the host asks for her first name only for anonymity's sake. And Sophia gives her name as Cher. Uh, she then explains that her daughter, Dorothy Zvornak, <laughs> full name, is still living at home and is cramping her style. I like the fact that she uh, arranged the story that way. Yeah. Uh, the host uh, asks if she's done anything to encourage separation. Cher says that uh, when she hears her coming, she hides. Apparently, hearing uh, Dorothy's approach, she ends the call abruptly and greets her daughter as she enters the uh, kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche enters the room after that with a uh, basket full of clothes. Uh, surprisingly, or surprising, uh, Dorothy, who claims that she doesn't do a whole lot of domestic work. Uh, Blanche scoffs at this statement before telling her that they, uh, she does lots of stuff like around the house and that they need more bleak. Or bleach, <laughs> yeah. Which mm-hmm. she didn't know how to pronounce, obviously. Uh, Rose comes in right behind her. Does her she know how to fucking read? <laughs> I mean, because I get it that maybe you wouldn't necessarily, like, you know, I get the joke that she doesn't know what bleach is. But at the same time, it still follows the same rules of <laughs> right. phonics that, you know, every other word follows. It's not like something that has a weird silent letter or pronunciation you to mean it. Pahanoics or <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like the idea that you're like, is this what you mean? <laughs> like you would have any idea what I even said if that was the way you thought it was pronounced. <laughs> right. Uh, I was, um, I recently read a book. Um, Ooh, big man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the word was. Um, but long story short, the book was about Sigur Ross's uh, third album, um, which most people just sort of call album. Okay. They call it the parentheses album too. But it doesn't matter. Okay? Okay, yeah. Because the point is, um, they're an Icelandic band, but their first two albums they sung in Icelandic, um, but then on the third album they invented their own language, um, which they called Hopelandic. Oh, okay. Um, and like their language, like they don't have a word for no. Like it's all positive words mm, okay. about love and stuff like that. Um, but the language that they invented um, follows, you know, regular formatting in that, you know, it legit could be a real language, like, you know, Elvish or Klingon or whatever. Okay. You know? And the book was talking about how, like, the consonant series of STR, you know, like strong or straight or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's common and prevalent. There are lots of words, you know, but there are no words that end in STR. Because that consonant phrase can only appear at the beginning of a word just because the way our language is built, it's like, you know, X number of consonants and then a vowel and the next number of consonants and maybe another vowel or whatever. There's certain patterns that you have to follow and certain consonant groupings can only appear at the front of a word or at the end of a word. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we use strong as an example. It ends with an NG. But you can't have the NG at the start of the word. Yeah, unless your name is Wien. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyways, uh, hopefully Indic as a language itself, you know, had its own internal logic as far as how it would work. Okay, it's very a, nice. It's, it's a fun read. Yeah, it's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the band again? Uh, Cigar Ross. Oh, they were S-I-G-U-R. Yeah. You said I, it yourself. Six and a half seasons. <laughs> you take any content you can get. I did have to hold my tongue a little bit when you're like, yeah, it's the, uh, whatever, the blank album. Some people call it parenthesis album. And I'm like, no one calls it fucking anything because no one's heard of this album. <laughs> there was hey, an entire book uh, That's it. true. We do have By the person who multiple, probably uh, wrote uh, the song. Know, <laughs> Biden, I think is who wrote we do have mm-hmm. multiple foreign mm-hmm. listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're Icelandic. But, okay, so... 
but the thing is, okay, so the reason the album is not titled, like, the album cover itself is strictly like left parenthesis, right parenthesis. Mm. So people are like, oh, do we call it album or do we call it parenthesis or whatever? Nor are there any, you know, song titles for the eight tracks or anything oh, okay. like that. Like, there are no demarcations whatsoever. Um, so they went from no language to their own language. Yeah, exactly, but it's all up to the, you know, the listener itself to interpret, okay, well, this track one... I guess it's called whatever. Like, they get it assigned for themselves. So much more work than I want to put into an album. <laughs> it's like, tell me what it's called. Tell me when it starts and ends. And I will tell you if I like it or not, and then I'll move on. <laughs> Don't give me homework on this album. <laughs> All I want to know at the end of the song is whether or not she likes buns. <laughs> right. <laughs> If she likes buns, <laughs> but I get, I get where you're going. <laughs> that was a, that was a solid pull, though. <laughs> that was a really solid pull. I'll definitely give you that. Um, hundred percent. Even if you slightly mangled the the lyric, yeah, that was an excellent pull, though. Or a lowbrow, <laughs> um, a lowbrow song that would appeal to a commoner <laughs> such as myself. <laughs> All right, ski. Side note. Yeah. The only uh, sound unique to letter C is the ch sound on the ch. Okay. If, uh, if you you know, pronounce it with a s or k sound as well. Hmm. See, it is essentially pointless besides the chuh. Interesting. <laughs> That's all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yeah, so uh, uh, Blanche tries to pronounce bleach very poorly. Right. Uh, for comedic result. Rose comes in right behind her and gives her a pair of men's boxers that she dropped uh, from the uh, camper. We find out uh, that Blanche is actually doing uh, laundry for a man named Rex. Huntington, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it who, is. Has, who has recently stood her up for multiple dates. Uh, Blanche tells him that Rex may be uh, unpredictable, but that you know that's part of his charm. Uh, Rose chimes in and tells the girls that uh, she and Miles are in a rut, and she always knows exactly what they're doing and where they're going, saying that things with Charlie were different. Sophia comments that a real rut is uh, uh, spending nights with Dorothy on the, quote, Lunar landing jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> that seems like a jigsaw puzzle you would enjoy, Ski. Maybe. As far as puzzles go, yeah, I would think you'd like Probably. the lunar landing one. I was trying to look on the, the screen to see if I could find out how many pieces were in the puzzle, but it wasn't clear enough. Yeah. I think it, like if Rosen... It looked big. If Rosen Miles are making love for four hours a night, yeah. the only rut they're stuck in is the one they drove into that bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't gotten to that part yet, but uh, it's coming. I wasn't sure how, how dirty you were going to go with that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be the one that he's worn into her, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Took the high road. <laughs> Rose continues uh, that uh, things have gotten boring uh, between the two of them. Even the sex uh, has become routine. Of course, Blanche immediately asks for details. And Rose tells him that, you know, he coaxes her into his bedroom to watch TV, but she doesn't have a TV in there. Mm. Says he's not going to, you know, gets, gets her onto his bed, says that he won't try anything. And then they have four hours of boring sex. <laughs> right. Boring being the, the term right there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> boring to the center of the earth. <laughs> Maybe it's boring because Viagra wasn't on the market. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> so that after like 20, give, 20 minutes me, or whatever, 10 minutes. Time. Yeah, Hold on. Miles a little while to get revved up. <laughs> yeah. And Miles isn't a young man. He is yeah. Virol, yeah. though. What? I said Virol, though. He is. <laughs> uh, Blanche questions the four hour portion of the story. Uh, Rose admits that, you know, it could take less time if she wouldn't keep playing hard to get. Mm. Well, then that's not four hours of sex. That may be like, sounds like three and a half hours of. Uh, 
convincing and cajoling. Mm. <laughs> and, well, uh, she, had, she, she could mean... Do you think Miles spends three and a half hours convincing her, and then finally Rose just like, fine, and gives it up? Pretty much, yeah. At least if it's boring, I'd have to think, like, yeah, I'm just... He wore me down. <laughs> it does so sound kind of raping, also, <laughs> I gotta does. say. But it also makes... Because she said, like, her and Charlie would also spend four hours making love. Right. So has she just been the victim of sexual assault for the last 50 years? I mean, it wouldn't be that surprising um, with it being Rose. But, like, she seems like the type of person that would be a victim but not look at herself as a victim. Like, almost be a victim and feel, like, bad about herself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's her fault somehow. Yeah, exactly. I would hope not. I, no, let's let's rewind that. No, none of that has happened. <laughs> she, that, she that was the worst possible viewpoint. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think I don't think Charlie is that kind of guy, and I don't think Miles is that kind of guy. Miles may be persistent, but I don't think he's rapey, and I never got the impression <laughs> that Charlie was either. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say the description of it sounded kind of bad. Yeah, she's yeah. saying she spent four hours playing hard to get before finally giving. So there's evidence to suggest that. Yeah, well, she could be like, well, it would be three hours and 55 minutes if I didn't play hard to get. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't know. She just said it could take less time. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how long, you know, one or the other takes. <laughs> well, we shouldn't hard extrapolate off, in an accusatory maybe? fashion. <laughs> oh, did you mean like they did to poor Professor Cooper? <laughs> Next part here, we got moving the, on. Please, yeah. Professor Cooper, we saw it on screen. <laughs> right now we're just hearing Rose's secondhand tales. We saw on screen Blanche trying to seduce <laughs> I don't know. I think that uh, she was being friendly. <laughs> It'll be interesting. I have an idea for our uh, fin- for when we do our kind of our playoff, so to speak, at the mm-hmm. end, yeah. where each of us uh, gets to throw in one wild card <laughs> of uh, an episode that didn't make the cut, uh-huh. but that we particularly loved. And I wonder if you would actually pick one you particularly loved, or uh-huh. pick that one <laughs> just to <laughs> just to bring it back into the world. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll see. We still got a ways to go before we get there, but mm-hmm. it is a thought. Well, we change scenes though, and uh, so. We get down there, you know, to the end, and mm-hmm. I get, I, I was like, oh, I'm throwing in adult education as my wild card, mm-hmm. okay? And then I tell you, I'll pay our final year of Podbean if you vote for it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Would you give it the title just to save $140? I don't know. I I feel like that I've done this for so long now, <laughs> and there's still a pretty decent amount of time left to work on this that I a don't know. A betrayal of your, your moral character? Exactly. Like, I just don't know that I could... <laughs> go that far um, in order just to save the money because I'd be like, why did I do this for <laughs> three, four years, whatever it's going to end up being. It's like you decide to, to run a marathon, but then like someone said, hey, jump on my bike for the last yeah, mile. Exactly. I'd almost be more inclined if you're like, I'll give you $140 to stop right now. <laughs> I'd be almost more inclined to agree to that <laughs> than to compromise it at the very end. So We'd give one final... Uh, Stay golden, Coco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, if you want to know which one is the best ever, just listen to all the episodes and what our scores were. <laughs> Do your math, people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be sheep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we change scenes. Then we see Dorothy and Sophia again working on the puzzle. Sophia puts uh, Buzz Aldrin's head on Neil Armstrong's body. Dorothy says it's important to be accurate. She kind of uh, scolds her mom. Mm-hmm. Sophia suggests that uh, she uh, be sent right to bed as punishment, also saying that the box lists from ages 8 to 80 so that, you know, she's out. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's my favorite one, I think. Uh, Rose gets home with Miles. Dorothy asks if they had fun, and Miles enthusiastically talks about visiting a sewing shop with a thimble museum in the back. Uh, He jokes uh, that most people can fit their knowledge of thimbles into a thimble. He is quite amused by himself, but Rose uh, rolls her eyes behind him. Uh, he admits that he got that line from the museum. Uh, right. And so I think he even says it was so-so. Mm, yeah. And then I think he says that one, though, was his own. I know there's one more coming up. Oh, okay, and that's the one that's his own, the one that's around the bend. Yeah, he turns uh, to Rose and asks her out uh, for the next day uh, at their usual place, uh, and then hit up Zipper Town, which is always open. Mm-hmm. That line was his. Oh, that's right. That was one that I really thought about using as my part of my intro, that he says... Uh, you know, we've been putting off that trip to Zippertown um, <laughs> that I thought I mentioned. Any one of you guys who's been putting off the trip to Zippertown. 
but you know, in more of a sexual connotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I couldn't. Next episode, maybe. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Uh, Miles continues to laugh at himself as he heads out the door. Rose tells the girls how boring the museum date was, and uh, again reminisces about how every day with Charlie uh, was an adventure. <clears throat> like wearing a ski mask to the bank, and then quickly telling them who it is so you don't get shot. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay, it's me, Charlie. Uh, there was one uh, one line earlier in the episode that I enjoyed that I thought was funny, because Dorothy was talking to Sophia about, like, isn't she enjoying doing the puzzle or something like that? And, she, and Sophia says... Sure, puss, Pussycat, it makes whatever time I may have left seem so much longer. <laughs> uh, Blanche walks out of the living out to the living room, uh, dressed up to go out. Uh, Rex, having stood her up yet again, mm-hmm. uh, Dorothy chuckles at Blanche's uncharacteristic hard luck, but then tries to uh, comfort her friend. Blanche almost uh, sits down beside her when the doorbell rings. <coughs> She uh, quickly heads to the door to answer it and, of course, give Rex a piece of her mind. Right. Uh, she opens the door, and Rex grabs her and gives her a very passionate kiss, uh, preventing the scolding that was uh, ultimately coming his way. Right. Uh, she tells yeah, tongue him, lashing. Right, tongue <laughs> lashing. That's good. I like that. You know, I'll admit something about myself uh-huh. as a band. Uh-huh. That I don't think that I could ever get away with that. Like, I don't think I could ever oh, convince yeah. a woman that, like, to not... You know, give me shit about acting like an asshole yeah. by kissing her passionately. Yeah. That's a Josh Blyle move if ever there was one. <laughs> like, some big Elvis fan. I think you've mentioned that before. Yeah, time or two. <laughs> so anyways, uh, there's a scene, and I, you know, you know, Hugh Bess and Brent watched, you know, Jailhouse Rock way too many times or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a scene where Elvis, you know, grabs the girl who's, you know, made it very clear that she's not interested in him, you know, and he gives her a big old smooch, and she fights him and everything, but he keeps smooching her, you mm-hmm. know, and eventually she stops, you know, fighting him, and, you know, gives into his passions, and he does this in several of his movies, yeah. you know, so much so that, you know, like, when I'm watching him with Cassidy, I feel really bad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but in Jailhouse Rock, it's especially, you know, egregious, because when he gets done smooching her, um, he was, he's like, can't help it it's just the beast in me you know <laughs> and i just remember being you know you know 12 13 14 like i can't wait till i do that to a girl <laughs> so you're really the beast <laughs> just grabbing a girl and smooching her and telling her it's like it's the beast in me has that worked well with your different relationships no, I see, I, i'm not that kind of guy so thank god yeah <laughs> you know? like like you said you know i'm not a bolder man. <laughs> yeah. Probably kept me out of, you know, <laughs> the penalty box. Yeah, I don't know. I think I can somewhat speak for all of us, at least to a certain extent, that I don't think any of us are the kind of guys who um, are going to inspire lust um, oh. at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're the kind of guys who win a woman over with our personalities. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah. you know... Are, are you the... insinuating that we respect women? <laughs> well, not only that, but just that I think we give women more of a sense of safety. <laughs> than, <laughs> I think that's our key. Than violation? <laughs> right. I will, I will definitely agree with that because, like, you know, my wife, you know, I wooed her via the written word, mm. you know, the instant message at work, mm. you know. And the reason that was successful was because the cube wall that separated us was a full six feet tall. Ah. <laughs> if we'd have had the short wall cubes, you know, my instant message witticisms wouldn't have landed as well. <laughs> if you'd have looked over at you. <laughs> see me smiling at my own jokes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Chuckling to yourself. Exactly. I like Why the idea. I come up with these? <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that you probably sat there, typed up your message, had to chuckle to for yourself for like 30 seconds, and then waited for another 30 seconds to send it so she wouldn't think you were laughing at what you had just sent. <laughs> Was she close enough that you could talk to her over the wall? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, she could. Um, yeah, we could talk to each other over the wall. And she could, like, she could hear me, um, or the person sitting next to me, like, if we were talking or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know if you guys were adjacent or, like, a decent ways away. Yeah, no. She was literally on the other side of the wall. And she could hear me like if I slurped my coffee. Oh, okay. And so I would get like an angry instant message uh. from her. <laughs> she would be over there slurping. She was not. Did you angry. respond? I was told that I could slurp my coffee at a reasonable volume. <laughs> you don't like it. Put a ring on it. <laughs> Did you two ever have any uh, workplace jealousy issues? No. Oh, that's good. About what? 
Oh, just like, I don't know, like any, uh, I don't know, extra conversations with a, a cube mate across the wall that she was overhearing a lot of or, oh, no, or no, no, you know, like that. in the other yeah. direction. So, okay. no. well, that's good. Um, it's maybe and this probably not good advice for everybody, you know, but you know, if you can handle it, I highly encourage, you know, workplace romances, mm. you know, uh, obviously like if you go south and things can be horrible or whatever, but you know, I think like, I don't know, we're still you know, great and everything like that. Um, but I will say like the times, like, so the first six years, you know, that I knew or whatever, you know, we worked together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first six years we were dating, you know, we worked together. And those were great just because you don't have to talk about your day. Like, uh. <laughs> there was nothing nicer than <coughs> that, you know, that conversation is not in your future. It's uh. like, oh, they know I was in meetings all day or they know I had a fire drill or they know I had lunch with Carl or, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, my day is accounted for, their day is accounted for, so... When the work day is done, we can talk about everything else. <laughs> well, I'll be curious when uh, you get to like the 20 year mark if you're like, damn, I sure wish I had my work day to talk about. <laughs> 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 We've talked about all the other stuff now. <laughs> if only. It's, well, it's one of those things that um, I was um, blessed and/or cursed with an overabundance of opinions. Uh. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I always had something to talk about. <laughs> Don't you start most conversations with, you know what your problem is? <laughs> <laughs> you know why you're wrong? I'm just saying, like, you know, we'll watch something or hear something or experience something right. or whatever. And I can instantly come up with my take. <laughs> <laughs> and they're always hot. <laughs> exactly. So, all right. Well, fair enough. Uh, so, people out there, well, so, Brent, is this, as far as the relationships that I know you uh, yeah, yeah, have been in, yeah. it goes all the way back till not long after high school. Uh-huh. Um, so, have you ever had a workplace romance besides Elena? Mm, no. So, then, so you're, you're batting 100% then in yeah. workplace uh, relationships. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so definitely your your advice seems yeah. to ring true. Yeah. The, um, and well, Ski's wife is a workplace romance as well. Yeah. Well, okay, so real quick, this is, you know, my wife is my only successful workplace romance. There was another young lady, um, you know, that I did, you know, proposition is a little strong, but, you know, I did ask her, I asked her to spend social time with me, and uh, she was with a wildly successful German man. Yeah. (laughs) I guess technically I'm batting 500. Well, no, I don't think so, because you can't count, like, you know... Uh, one that didn't even start. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that one was a romance. It never really was. Yeah. I'm sure that if, you know, she had given you a chance that you two would have gotten you married and divorced by now. Well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Probably would have. I've a lot of real schnitzels. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's weird. It sounds like a movie. I was going to say, more like a Vienna sausage. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no idea, thankfully. So. <laughs> Anyways, all right, Ski, you can oh go. Oh, so go it is not in my nature to waste food. Sure. Okay. okay. Um, we bought some um, salmon sausages <laughs> the other night from Meyer. Where even is that? It's like just a sausage, you know, like a bratwurst or whatever, except it's made out of salmon. You know, yeah, it's like never heard of that. salmon is like in casing or whatever. Well, it's it's kind of like if you took something more. delicious and made it gross. <laughs> That's yeah. what we're talking about. It was horrible. Like, I swear, like, it is not in my nature to, like, I'm done with dinner. You mm-hmm. know, I will finish whatever it is we cook. You know, sometimes recipes turn out, sometimes they don't. Sure. You know, but I'll, I'll power through, but not that. <laughs> like, there were four. Pretty awful, huh? Yeah, there were four of them in that package, and I ate my one, and I was like, I am not having my second. It was just, no, not good at all. It was my Ironically. least favorite thing I've ever had. It's funny, because, like, one of your least favorite foods you've ever had is probably your favorite combination in actual life, the good old fish-sausage combo. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it doesn't work out so well in the culinary world. <laughs> I think you mean fish taco. Well, I was saying fish Never sausage. Mind. The Sorry, other person's... <laughs> yeah. Never mind, I was trying to be funny, and I failed. <laughs> I think I failed also. <laughs> I think gold... Fingers and mash. Fingers and mash. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully that pulled it all together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, if 
those two are going down. I'm going down with the ship. <laughs> I feel like sometime between now and the end of our thing, when I do our weekly, you know, posting with the description of the episode, yeah. I should just put something in there. Bangers and mash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. And that just be the whole description. Were you late the other day or the other week? Like, did you post it on a Thursday or something? I've always posted them on time. The episodes have always gone out on time. Okay. It's just that. Uh, What's that? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just that the uh, my post on Facebook frequently um, has been a little behind, yeah. And I can't remember what was going on that week, but the problem is is that I have had an issue doing a, like, sharing it using my the Facebook app on my phone. And so then it's like I have to get to an actual computer, and then since I changed jobs, yeah. I can't. Like, they have much tighter yeah. security on that computer, so mm-hmm. it just ends up being a little more of a process that I have to plan on. Yeah. But I... Should be a little more consistent with the Facebook post, but again, who cares? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, we have never missed an episode going out at 10 a.m. Um, yeah. so and I think that we will continue that streak all the way till the bitterest of ends. <laughs> <laughs> so, recap to everybody don't do any uh rapey kissing, oh, yeah, know? or any rapey anything, in all honesty. Yeah, if you're gonna get uh chewed out, just let it happen, mm-hmm. but uh, so yeah, he grabs her, kisses her. <laughs> she tells him that she tells him that she'll just go grab her purse so they can head out for right. a date. Because uh, if you remember, Blanche is going out on a date with Rex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, as I mentioned two hours ago at the start of this recap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he fortunately says that it's too late now. And he's tired. Uh, he eventually confesses that you know he owes her a bit of an apology, but says that he'll call the next day and uh, he'll make it up to her. He uh, grabs his laundry basket, uh, smacks her on the butt, and walks out the door. Sophia supposes that they just witnessed an average day with Blanche, minus all the dirty parts. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good line. Yeah, well, I, I really like the part where he says, um, I guess, he, I mean, I didn't like his part, but I like Rose's response. He says, I guess you think I'd come over here to get nagged? And then Rose chimes in, and your laundry. Don't forget your laundry. <laughs> uh, we change scene, and we see Dorothy is getting home uh, in a bit of a huff. Tells her brother that uh, the joke at the school uh, for the day in the teacher's lounge uh, was directly related to her mm-hmm. and Sophia's uh, earlier phone call to the advice show. Right. Uh, where she talked about how she was real clean and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sophia asked her daughter if she thinks she's the only elderly, lonely teacher named Dorothy in Miami. Rose chimes in saying, you know, I agree with Dorothy. It does sound a lot like her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, change scene again. It was just a little quick thing. Uh, we see Miles come out to the lanai and give Rose a kiss. Uh, not so rapey. She tells him that she was just listening to a song that she and Charlie used to dance to. Miles points out that they've danced to it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she rebutes that uh, it was uh, not around a campfire, hoping for rain. Mm. Which... I don't know what the context of that is, whether you rain dance. Yeah, I guess. Uh, like, why would they, like, is the campfire out of control? They need the rain to put it out? Or? Yeah, I don't know. Or that they're doing some, like like Ski said, some sort of a ritual <laughs> that they're doing. Keep in mind, that's a campfire. That's it's... coming to play later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sort of. Okay. <laughs> uh, Miles asks her plainly if the relationship is getting dull. She really agrees that, you know, they've become very predictable. That they're in Yawn City, population two. It's, yep. Uh, she asks him if he loves her, and she says, yeah, well, of course. He or She asks him if he loves her, and he says yes. She asks if he'd be willing to jump out of an airplane. He again says yes, and asserts that, you know, he'd be willing to climb the tallest mountain, swim the widest river, uh, before suggesting uh, their same normal dinner and TV date. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then explains that she's made arrangements for the next day for them to go skydiving that next morning. It's on my bucket list. Uh, his face clearly shows that he didn't actually expect that he'd have to jump out of a plane <laughs> right. when she asked. Uh, but Rose says that you know they should do this together to shake things up and uh, go share an adventure. She asks uh, what he wants for dinner, and he replies, nothing too heavy. <laughs> yeah, I did think that was kind of funny. Okay. Uh, so, Brent, if uh, you could get free skydiving, okay? Okay. Um, and I think the lessons and whatnot in your first jump are, are relatively expensive. Not crazy, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you could get it free, but the only deal was that you and I had to do it together, tandem, face to face. Would you be willing to do that? Um, which of us is in charge of pulling the sheet? 
Uh, let's say there's two shoes just in case. <laughs> so, so yeah, exactly. Okay. okay, if it was me, would that make a difference? Yes, definitely. Then you would or would not in that case? I would not. Oh, okay, because you don't trust me to pull the shoot? I'm just saying, I'm just, it's not that I don't trust you. <laughs> it's just that, you know. You just know I'm, I'm apt to depression. <laughs> <laughs> this is the day we die! Exactly. And your depression is going to lead to my impression. <laughs> right. I didn't want to go alone! <laughs> God, that'd be so horrible. Like, I, I can't imagine, you know, like, I, I'm not generally all that uh, inclined to depression, thankfully. But that said, on those few moments, you know, that I've had, I've never thought, like, I'm going to run into traffic or something like that. Like, not that I would run yeah. physically, but I'm not going <laughs> to drive my car into yeah. traffic. If I ran out into traffic, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. it's just going to be me. Yeah. But if I drive into something, I'm like, why would I want to take other people with me? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like... The odds of you committing suicide are low. Right. The odds of you escalating to murder-suicide are <laughs> yeah, low. Yeah, yeah, extremely low, yeah. I would say almost infinitesimal. Exactly, you know. It's it's one in a billion for the suicide. Yeah. It's one in a trillion for the yeah. murder-suicide. I think the murder-suicide would only come into play if I had a reason to murder someone, but I didn't want to deal with jail. Mm-hmm. So if I was like, yeah, this person, you know, killed somebody maybe close to me or something like that, where I just had a real deep-seated hate, but I was also depressed, I was like... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to kill this son of a bitch, and then I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd say one in two billion. <laughs> so one in a billion for the suicide, one in two billion for the murder suicide. But maybe not a trillion. Yeah, yeah. I'd be more likely than win the Powerball. <laughs> <laughs> not a trillion, because there's not a trillion people I want to kill. Right. But two billion? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I would say there's Looking one. You, France. There's one out of every two billion people that I want to kill. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what does that make? Like four in the world? Two Sounds in the world? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so we change scene again. <laughs> we see Blanche enter the living room and ask Dorothy and Sophia if she's fat. Dorothy makes a bit of a quip about that question, but then uh, realizes that uh, Rex is putting a serious crimp on Blanche's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Blanche claims that <clears throat> it's no big deal, but uh, is wondering if barrel butt is a term of endearment or an insult. Yeah. Uh, the doorbell rings, and it is Rex. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt and some uh, shorts, ready for a beach party. He comments uh, on Blanche's outfit saying that it, it just doesn't fit in with what they're doing. Uh, she says she can simply go change real fast as she thought he'd mentioned going to the theater. Uh, he then rudely and angrily says that there's no time to change until she'll be the one embarrassed, not him. Uh, he storms off to go sit in the car. Dorothy called me and addressed the fact that Rex is being very verbally abusive to Blanche. But Blanche tells her that he's always like that and she just kind of brushes it off. Uh, they go back and forth a bit. Uh, but then Blanche runs out uh, the door when Rex uh, starts honking the car. Dorothy finally says that she's just worried about her friend, and Blanche tells her to mind her own business. And then she heads out to the door and joins uh, the dickhead of the car, <laughs> waiting for the beach date. Yeah, there was a great line in there that um, I meant to research. I don't know if by any chance you did or Brent knew these references all the top of his head, but where Sophia says uh, Boy, he makes Wallace Berry look like Adolf Minju. No, no. <laughs> I she, almost did, but I, I yeah, I, I meant to because I, I do love those old. Like I love it when they did it on The Simpsons. Um, they used to do that quite a bit. I don't know if they do it as much anymore. And then Dorothy go back. Are so young, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. They don't know those character people yeah. anymore. Did but, Dorothy go back with? It has been a long time since we've taken to the movie, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a pretty solid line, even though I didn't look up who those two people are. Yeah. Uh, we change the scene yet again. Uh, in the living room now, we see Dorothy and Sophia finally finishing the jigsaw puzzle. Dorothy celebrates in a banner that many would think is somewhat exceeds the uh, occasion. Mm-hmm. Sophia claims that Dorothy didn't make that much noise on her wedding night. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy comments on how great it looks and how uh, and her mother agrees. Uh, and then br- abruptly says that they go ahead and tear it down now. Mm-hmm. Dorothy stops her saying, uh, no, 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 Blanche and Rose haven't seen it yet. Sophia points out that they're on dates and get to see the actual moon. <laughs> I don't know if that was a term on like the moon itself or like Are there butts? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so the three of us are living together golden girl style. Sure. Okay. The um, dream is what I like call that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so you two are out, you know, the living, future. <laughs> you two are out living your best life or whatever, and I'm home alone, you know, mm-hmm. putting together my jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you guys come home and I'm like, look, I finished my jigsaw puzzle. 
how long would you spend admiring and complimenting them before you were just like, time for bed? <laughs> Maybe 30 seconds. And that would probably be a stretch. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, it looks really cool. Good job. And that, how long was that? <laughs> 10 seconds? <laughs> Is it a traditional jigsaw puzzle or a Puzz 3D? Mm. No, it's a traditional, you know, lunar landing and buzzing. <laughs> I mean, it, if I felt a little bad for you, I could probably stretch it, but it wouldn't be more than a minute. Like a minute would be like me really laying it on thick. <laughs> yeah. I, I, or, yeah, I guess I could go, see uh, if I wanted to make fun of you. Like, ooh, that's great. No, really. And, you know, I could, could see going over the top if for I'd some be, reason. I'd be grabbing the Mod Podge and the frame and we'd be hanging that button. <laughs> like, oh, congratulations. You got all five wooden pieces together. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't mention that you had had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe we wipe the drool from your mouth. I'm not sure how I feel about you just leaving me home alone. Like oh, we'd have a nurse there with you. We'd have Toshiro, at least. You know, we'd at least have the gardener stop in and check on you. Um, but Why wouldn't we have someone named Coco? I mean, I guess we could, but we'd probably have him replaced by my dad at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dorothy stops her, and uh, Sophia points out that they, you can see the actual moon, whatever that meant in this context. Dorothy admits that Blanche uh, is out with Rex. How, how disappointed do you think Brent would be? Let's say that it's Coco, but it's a, a lady Coco. Um, that's there to also help take care of Brent, and, and she gets replaced by my dad as <laughs> his caregiver. After a very short time. Yeah, right. And Brent's like, oh, this might not be so bad after all. Can you make enchiladas? Probably not, but he can, he can probably make racist jokes. <laughs> so he's got that in common with, uh, with Sophia. <laughs> How does he feel about the cross-dressing? Uh, he would not be a fan. Yeah, he's yeah. not an involved man at all. Uh, I love my dad, but he's he's not a modern man, to be sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dorothy is upset that uh, Blanche is out with Rex, adding that no man's going to ever treat her that way. And Sophia agrees, more or less implying that uh, she uh, just can't get a man. And then, yeah. she, then she say something like, everybody knows that. Uh, it was on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, Rose gets home and tells the girls that Miles was uh, excited tonight, living every moment like it's his last. Yeah. <laughs> she tells them that uh, the girls, uh, that they'll be going skydiving tomorrow. Apparently she hadn't broke the news to them yet. Sophia uh, begins to eye her uh, room, a uh, room with a view, she mm-hmm. says. We change the scene and Blanche is getting home. Uh, she says she's not you know, a big fan of beach parties when uh, Dorothy asks her how it went. Dorothy comments that she, uh, she's glad to have her home safe. Blanche upset that Dorothy still questioned Rex. Says that, you know, hey, hey, he apologized several times and then even invited me to go marlin fishing. Uh, the ideal vacation. Yeah, what, what person doesn't love an invitation to go marlin fishing as a date? <laughs> and, boy, and Sophia points out, yeah, no witnesses. Yeah. Dorothy tells her that uh, her, tells her friend that she was uh, once an abusive relationship herself. Uh, back in high school, with uh, the football captain, which I think she would have brought that up before. Yeah, I would didn't, think. But... Didn't we even have a story where Sophia talked about uh, Dorothy faking uh, going to the prom? Yeah, I think she so. she would go with a high school quarterback? Yeah, I would have thought that at some point it would have come up, but it just wasn't convenient to the plot at that point. Right. <laughs> oh, as it is today. So, Hooray, another, another hashtag continuity there. Uh, I, that's a low ball, though. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. It's just like, yeah, she hasn't brought that one up before. Mm-hmm. I don't think that actually flies in the face of any continuity. I just think you'd be like, oh, I wonder why she didn't mention that before. Fair so. enough, fair enough. Uh, she does say that despite his good looks and ability to read, <laughs> uh, he was constantly putting her down. Lance cuts her off saying that, yeah, maybe she has uh, gained some weight. Maybe Rex is right in some of the things she's been saying. Dorothy says that she's just buying into his BS, and Blanche needs to tell uh, tells her that you know she is the resident expert on relationships, but if she needs any puzzle advice, she'll come to her. Mm-hmm. Do the corners first. The corners. 
Have you guys seen some of those extreme puzzles where they, they are all like black, like yeah. one solid color? Yeah. They don't have edges? I just don't see the joy in that. I mean, I don't know. I guess I just feel like I have plenty of other things to occupy my time mm-hmm. than just feeling the accomplishment of finishing a mm-hmm. stupid fucked up puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> just is not, not enough for me. But uh, maybe I, I'm not mentally advanced enough <laughs> to enjoy such a futile <laughs> endeavor, but. Well, it wouldn't even look really cool, would it? No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I've seen puzzles where it's like all white or all like just one color. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's odd sizes and odd shapes. And yeah, I don't think it'd be something you would frame and put on your wall. I don't know how you could well. Yeah, you'd have to, I guess you'd just have a, a, a fair amount of like blank space around it. Yeah, I, I don't mind a puzzle. Like I can imagine myself when I'm old doing some puzzles yeah. here and there. Yeah, you know. Puzzles yeah. So, and, and I, you know, the kids have had puzzles occasionally, and I'll end up doing more of it than they do. So, I'm not anti-puzzle, but I want my puzzle <laughs> to have a nice picture on it when it's done. Um, Nick Offerman and Megan Morrow, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, they do puzzles together. Oh, really? And then, um, like, they finish them, and then they, you know, glue them and everything like that. Um, and then they sign the back of them. Oh, okay. And then frame them. And then just, like, drop them off the Goodwill with the rest of their shit. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's super cool. <laughs> I love them. I love Nick Offerman and yeah. Megan Morrow. It's funny. His most recent books are really, really good. That's not surprising. <laughs> He's a hilarious man. Yes. Uh, later on, we see Rose and Miles are in a locker room wearing uh, skydiving gear with a whole group of people. Mm-hmm. And the instructor is uh, reviewing the safety tips with them, uh, throwing a few bits of humor in there to lighten the mood. Right. Uh, the group dismisses, and the instructor says that they'll be taken off in five minutes. Rose uh, tells Miles, <coughs> sorry, Rose and Miles start talking about uh, a variety of things. Rose reveals that she and Charlie never actually went skydiving. They just talked about it. Right. Uh, even though, uh, you know, they discussed it before. And, of course, Miles was under the impression, the way Rose had talked, that they'd done this several times. Mm-hmm. And he asks about, you know, hey, what about uh, uh, all those other things that you guys had talked about doing, um, like camping, tennis, and boating? Uh, well, and she says, well, maybe those are a bit exaggerated, as uh, he had an irrational fear of those things. <laughs> uh, Miles points out that Rose is uh, remembering her life with Charlie. You need to fire the fold workers. <laughs> <laughs> At least yeah, partly. Prince is busy playing with the pump over here. <laughs> no comment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's quite all right. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Charlie's anxiety is increasing steeply as he finds out then Rose has never actually done this. Right. Um, yeah, you should feel good. Like, these gold war domains gone before. Yeah. Like, it's undiscovered country. That's well, I mean, he does get there in yeah. a moment. But at the yeah. same time, like, it would not make me feel any better that the person I was jumping with, unless we were doing a tandem, and that person was going to be the one in charge of pulling the, yeah. the, the cord. Yeah. It, otherwise, if we were doing it separately, uh-huh. what difference does it make to me if you know how to do it? Um, yeah. Well, it's one of those things that, like, if you have to hit the ground and Mm. It seems like there should be more training involved. Yeah, I agree. Well, people. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, and a lot of times I've I've not skydived before, but uh, I've been told that almost all of them, your first jump has to be tandem with an instructor. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the same. I don't know if that's true across the board or not. But, uh, but yeah, so it was the eighties. Most relaxed thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. Tuck and roll. Tuck you, and roll. You could you could actually smoke on your skydiving. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, she says it could be a bit exaggerated. Uh, as uh, roll. call that the Buffalo Bill. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Tuck and Dance. <laughs> I mean, there's the roll. I'm sure there's the dance, <laughs> the Tootsie Roll, perhaps. Yeah, but I remember that part. Mm-hmm. They mentioned uh, uh, he didn't like camping, tennis, or boating. Right. Uh, Miles points out that Rose is remembering her life with uh, Charlie, at least partly. How she wanted it to be versus how it was. Oh, solid glasses. <laughs> Very nice, yeah. Was that a color? Was that a title for one of the episodes? I don't know if it has been or not. If not, it should be. I thought it was something about rose tinted or something, but uh, he tells her that he's like off the rose. Say what? Oh, yeah, I think there's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her that he's competing with an idealized version of him, saying he's not only dead. He's also much younger, which yeah. was my bit favorite line. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. He continues uh, that he doesn't want to be compared with anyone, and he doesn't feel like he should have to uh, jump out of a plane to prove that he's a fun person. 
and he's the best Miles he can be. Right. Rose <laughs> says that, you know, he is enough just the way he is, and that uh, when she does think about it, Charlie had boring times as well, but she always loved him <clears> the same. Uh, the instructor tells the group that it's time to go. Rose tells Miles that they should just go ahead and go home, uh, but Miles stops her, realizing that this is one time when he can do something that, with her that her and Charlie never did. So they head outwards uh, toward the plane, and uh, she says that if Charlie had gone skydiving, he'd probably have thrown in a few somersaults. Mm-hmm. He turned around and told her not to push it. Yeah. The change scene, and we're back at home now. <clears throat> Blanche enters the living room, uh, telling Dorothy and Sophia that she's ready for the fishing trip. She's got her sunscreen and the string bikini. She says that she doesn't want to be the only thing that, or she doesn't want the fish to be the only thing that are nibbling right. on the trip. And Sophia adds a great zinger saying, or flopping around on the boat. <laughs> Dorothy tries uh, one last time to convince Blanche not to go, knowing that she's just going to be berated or possibly even worse on the trip. Blanche again uh, asks her to keep her opinions to herself. She realizes that she's missing uh, her lucky silver dollar and went worse walks back to her room. Just then the doorbell rings and it's Rex. Dorothy explains that Blanche will be right out. Rex, uh, the saint that he is, comments that he hates when she does this and slows him down. Now they're going to hit traffic. Dorothy makes a comment that, you know, he apparently hates a lot of the things she does, but uh, then states, you know, that she's going to keep out of that situation. He mouths off to Dorothy about going uh, to hurry Blanche up. Uh, this was a poor idea on his part mm-hmm. because she tears into him and points out how you know, poorly he treats her and that she's not sure why Blanche even allows it. He angrily grabs her by the arm and tells Dorothy to butt out. Uh, Blanche walks in just the right time to see this altercation. She tells him to stop and for him to go. Yeah. He tries to backpedal and apologize, but she clearly tells him to leave. He threatens that if he leaves, he's not coming back. She tells him that uh, this is one promise I'm going to see that you keep. Yeah. She slams the door behind him and asks Dorothy if she's all right. Blanche apologizes for not seeing him for the jerk that he was. Uh, Dorothy says that she's fine and that she's happy nothing worse happened. Mm-hmm. She follows up saying that many people in abusive relationships have to hit rock bottom before things get better. Sophia adds that uh, her bottom just absolutely happens to be higher than most people's. Oh. It's almost like a compliment from from uh, Sophia, which is so rare, yeah. towards Blanche. <laughs> Definitely a double meaning there. Uh, Rose enters, and the girls ask uh, where she's headed. She explains that she's uh, going to visit Miles at the hospital. <laughs> We're told that his leg is hurt, but we never find out exactly what the injury is. I'm assuming it's a break, and he has to be in bed for a week. Right. Sophia says that uh, she'll visit uh, the next day and give him uh, a French thimble that she got from the museum. Mm-hmm. Because uh, of course we know that Sophia volunteered at the hospital. Right. Yep. Uh, she shows the shows him the thimble and there's a little mana which apparently does some kind of a trick. Uh, and then ultimately she decides she's going to keep that one for herself. <laughs> I got the impression it's kind of one of those things like those pins where you turn it upside down and the yeah the clothes fall yeah, off of the person. I'm so. guessing so too. Uh, Blanche tells Rose that Miles is a pretty exciting man, and Rose says that she certainly sees that now. Dorothy says that uh, he must really love her. And she says she loves him too, but she's glad she didn't jump. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we end the episode. Yeah, there's a little line in there that I thought was good where Rose is saying, you don't realize how much you care for a man until you see him streaking towards the earth <laughs> trying to grab a bird. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I just like the idea too of Miles just reaching for anything he could and tries to grab onto a well, bird on his way down. Early on when she tells him that uh, they're going skydiving, uh, Probably why he thought that she'd done this is because she says something about, like, it's always awesome just seeing a cow getting closer and closer and closer. Yeah. And he said, can I just run up at you yelling moo? Yeah, yeah, that was solid, too. But we had three guest actors. Not a, did you guys have anything else to add before I do the guests? No. Okay. I've added plenty. All right. Um, <laughs> well, of course, we had Harold Gould playing Miles right. for the sixth out of 13 times. We get a nice healthy dose of him in these last two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Then we had um, Mitchell Ryan playing Rex, perhaps. But he's right up there as one of the most despicable characters ever in the series. Um, 153 titles for him, his only Golden Girls. I would say best known for 119 episodes of Dharma and Greg as Edward Montgomery. But he was also in uh, Gross Point Blank, Judge Dredd, an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation as uh, William Riker's father. Um, And then he was also in Lethal Weapon. Yep, that's interesting. And then one more, we had uh, Don Meralt. He played the flight instructor. 
Only 17 titles for him, um, but this is his first of two Golden Girls, so we'll see him again. Mm -hmm. And then he was also in an episode of Star Trek Next Generation. Um, he played the character Hane. I checked to see if by any chance it was the same episode, but it was not. So That would have been kind of awesome. Yeah, but it was not to be. So, so Ski, who got your MVP for this episode? Uh, that was easily Dorothy. Yeah. Uh, despite, you know, straining her relationship with Blanche a little bit, she, you know, went ahead and voiced her concerns and set up to Rex. Mm -hmm, yeah. Dorothy for me also. Um, does it a clean sweep for you, Brent, or who's um, yours? It's Miles. Oh, Miles? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, do you like all of his uh, zipper-related, not zipper, uh, but... I did, and just the fact that he appreciated his own humor. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I like Man after your own heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I got two mi or one Miles and two Dorothys for MVP, and... Uh, how many slices for you in this one, Ski? I gave it six and a half. Oof. I thought, <laughs> I thought the episode was well written. It had good jokes. I thought it incorporated all the cast well. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I, I don't think uh, we're going to come down on the same side of that one. What, what about you, Brent? A four. Four. Yeah, that was a solid double. Mm -hmm. I only gave it three and a half. I did not at all like the way they portrayed Blanche in this episode. It was very uncharacteristic, right. in my opinion. Um, I also didn't like the fact that Rose was like, oh, I'm bored, so I don't care about Miles anymore, that the relationship would end because, uh, I, I don't know, she wasn't into their routine. That, I sort of see what you're saying with Blanche, and I don't quite see... I, I, I see what you're saying with Rose, but I'm not sure I quite agree with it. Because Rose is an adrenaline junkie, <laughs> you know? I mean, like, we've seen her. She has an addictive personality. Mm -hmm. I'll grant you that, but we've also all agreed that there is not any guy that's been on this show that has shown to be as good of a dude as Miles. Yeah, and for her to be like, oh, I don't know if this is working out because it's too boring now. Um, and then we find out, too, that even the things with Charlie weren't as great as that sh as she says. It's just, head, yeah. yeah. I mean, she almost got ruined things with Miles, you know, for Buzz. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. She doesn't really recognize a good thing when she's got it. Well, that, that may be true, but that doesn't make me any more forgiving of that this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, I only gave it three and a half. I mean, I didn't think it was a terrible episode, but I just didn't care for the way those two were portrayed. Of course, Dorothy was portrayed as being exceptionally boring in this one, and then Sophia wasn't. She didn't uh, cackle crazily when she did the jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, she would have thought, too, for that kind of reaction, I feel like it'd have to be like a 10,000-piece puzzle. All right. <laughs> you know, like it had to be something that would Finally. really... At long last, we've been working for months. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like a normal puzzle, even a thousand-piece puzzle. All my free time. Like, oh, it's done. I don't feel like there'd be any nice. need to have, yeah, that kind of a celebration. Um, Sophia, I guess, was Sophia. She wasn't really any different than she normally is. Yeah. But she certainly wasn't very nice to better Dorothy than, about the puzzle. Better than the last episode. <laughs> yeah, certainly so. <laughs> I'll definitely grant that, but... All right, well, I'd say, again, this is, a, you know, between the three of us and ends up being an average score for an episode. So not going to be there at the end unless somebody potentially puts it in as a wild card. <laughs> but, um, Once upon a time, it's an Oh, we do. I forgot about that. We, you should have thrown that in a little earlier. Um, I was waiting for the right sorry, time. Sorry, too late now. Um, no. <laughs> it just says, set to see, this is your original short fiction, right? It is, um, yes. So your fanfic, if you will. Okay. Once upon a time in St. Olaf. Okay. Rose and Charlie were uh, determined to tackle some of his greatest fears, such as camping, tennis, and boating. <laughs> uh, they'd set out to go into a vacation that would incorporate all three of these trials. They found a nice camping resort on the outskirts of St. Olaf city limits. After a short drive, they found themselves pulling into Camp Car. Two R's. <laughs> Car, of course, being the Norse word for swamp. Oh, of course. This camp was no longer swampland, as they'd done a good deal of revitalization work since the unfortunate sinking incident of 55. Rose and Charlie found their rented space, uh, lot space, quickly set their quaint tent, a good size for the two of them, mm -hmm. and grabbed their tennis rackets to go play a bit of uh, tennis before the day they lost the daylight. They reached the court and saw another couple playing, obviously quite good. Rose introduced them and asked if they could get a few pointers. The players, Jurgen <clears throat> and Ingo, were more than happy to give them some tips, and eventually they were all playing together. I was really hoping one of the other players would be Trudy. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy and Dorothy. Oh, that would have been clever. That would have been clever. Uh, but, uh, sorry, Charlie uh, commented that, to Rose that he wasn't sure why he'd always worried about something as mundane as tennis. Just then, Jurgen served the ball like a pro. It made a loud bop noise when it hit the ground, 
before immediately bouncing up and hitting Charlie square in the eye. Mm-mm. The eye quickly darkened and began to swell. Jurgen and Ingo were extremely apologetic. Ingo even gave Charlie her customary frozen tennis venison to put out to put on his eye to reduce the swelling. Mm. They asked Rose uh, what they had planned for tomorrow. She said that uh, they were planning to rent a boat and head out onto the lake. Uh, Jurgen said, "That's perfect. We brought our boat. You can just come with us. We can show you how." Uh, Charlie declined the offer, but thanked them for the deer meat. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> 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 can, can I see your paper so I can see if it includes hold for applause? <laughs> it does not. I was I was really I mean I was but you might view it if you wish. I was really hoping the end of that story would be something along the lines of like uh Rose just then Rose wakes up pillow in mouth <laughs> realizing it's her birthday <laughs> and that Charlie's dead. <laughs> I felt I went really dark last time. Ah. I didn't want to go quite so bad this time. Very nice. <laughs> well, a new favorite segment here on the. Well, thank you guys. All right. Well, then I guess uh, if there are no other additions, no other stories from St. Olaf <laughs> or whatnot, uh, then I'll go ahead and close out. Uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.